Welcome back to Raised On It. We are recapping the decade. You can join us for part one. The other day we released, um, we were talking about the top songs of each year. We just went back and just kind of did a deep dive in each year. Talked about the best albums, our favorite albums, our favorite songs, key events. We got sidetracked like we usually do, but it was good. Uh, so, Emily, this part, I've come up with a few different lists. No pressure. I didn't send them to you ahead of time, so you can react in real time. Just, <laughs> and I give you full permission to tear apart any theory, any list, uh, any snub I make by leaving a, an artist or someone off. So just uh, right. squat it. So um, I have a few different things here, and uh, towards the middle or towards the end, I'm going to have to guess your favorite artist of the decade because I'm yes. still trying to piece that through. Okay. So when I look at country music in the 2010, in the 2010s, is that what we're calling it? The 10s? The 2010s? The 10s. The roaring? I mean, yeah, what else would you call it? I mean, it's like the 1910s, the 1810s, 1710s. Do we get to call the next decade the roaring 20s? Because that would be cool if we could bring that back. Does that mean there's going to be like a big bad recession at the end of it? All right, good point. Let's hope not. (laughs) All right, so looking back at this decade... I came up with five key themes, and I want to get your thoughts on each of them as I go through. So, all right. First one, digital wins out. So the first half was all about iTunes downloads. You know, it was integrated with Billboard charts, but then we really started taking off with streaming. Um, your Spotify's, your Apple Music's. I think there's some other platforms. I mean, like your YouTube Music. All of that. SoundCloud, like for a while. Too. Sound. That's right. SoundCloud. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. still a pretty big platform for. Um, I don't know so much about country music, but um, and and I I think it was just great because we were able to discover new artists. It's a great platform for the for the up and coming ones, but I, I do think it changed the music business. I think there's fewer records and fewer full length albums being put out. Um, I think more of your established main, mainstream mainstay artist. Um, I don't think they're. I, I think most of them have found a way to recoup any financial losses that, that have come because of streaming. But uh, I think it definitely shook things up. Uh, New Music Friday became a thing as part of yeah. this whole digital thing, and then also just. Social media really took off, I think, especially the fan interaction, Instagram. So that's one of my first themes of the 2010s is just the digital. It was social media. It was streaming. All of that. It just changed the way we look at music, we consume music, and I think how we appreciate music. Right. And I think it's got to be so cool for the artist. I wonder if it feels like they're just like literally handing us the music and then we can go on their like social media platforms and or on ours and just say like how much we love this song, how much we love this album. So they can have like as much as we can have music instantly, they can also have instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times like or like for Chris Lane's um I don't know about you, that song was essentially picked by the fans to be the next single because he released the album and that song kind of like everyone picked it out that's a very good point I think, you know so and there's there's always going to be those i was reading about how like records final records are making a resurgence and like how more have been sold or released in the last two years than like in the last 20 years or something like that but then they like showed streaming <laughs> and so there's like 400 million <laughs> i think albums like records final record sold and then they show like streams and it was like over a billion you know so streaming is still the way to go but I still think that people maybe sometimes want to take a step back and and be nostalgic just listen to uh, an album the way it was maybe meant to be but yeah streaming's the way it is now and that's fine I don't there's I would be lost without it totally with you um, second key theme of this decade, and we talked about it on the first part of the podcast, but it was a brief time period, but I'm calling this the what's up, bro, 
bro country term was coined. Um, Florida Georgia line, you know, burst onto the scene with Cruz. And from there, there were a lot of copycat songs. And it, I, th- I think it did usher in a new sound that I think, I think it eventually led into where we are right now with what we call modern country music, where it d- does, there's a lot of artists that have that pop sound to it. But, um, I, th- I think it was like a, a fine tuning of that initial what's up, bro, bro country. So that was my second big theme for this decade. Yeah. I don't get why people get so angry. If you don't like a song, just don't listen to it. Mm-hmm. Like obviously there was like a recipe for songs going on in the early 2010s that worked. People loved it. Like you can't tell me if, if they didn't love it. Poor George Lyon would not have like five albums. Luke Bryan wouldn't have over twenty number ones. Like it worked. People love it, and they like they like that, and they like what they're doing now. So people just need to relax. Country music isn't going back to what it was like in the nineteen sixties. It's just not. Praise Jesus, it's not because I didn't like country music <laughs> from that time. It was terrible. Um, but yeah, just people are just relax. Don't listen to it. You don't have to listen to it if you don't like it. Welcome to Emily's TED Talk. 1960s country music sucks. It's awful because <laughs> it's, it's so twangy and like they're not even singing and I just it's it's not good. It's the, like, it's the yodeling. It's, it was just awful. I ugh. anyways, I'm glad country music is what it is now. Like I would say like the eighties and up, I can tolerate. Yeah. That's that's a good time period. You get late. Yeah. You get Reba. You get Garth. George. Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. So, anyways, yes. Please subscribe to my TED Talk. Coming soon. Um, third main theme: Where are the girls? So we had Carrie and Miranda staples throughout the entire decade, from the start to where you know currently. Um, Taylor Swift for the first couple of years and then she went pop and then you had I would argue you'd had Kelsey Ballerini, Maren Morris and Casey Musgraves really step in to that void that Taylor left but you know definitely correct me if, if you disagree but outside of those five key artists I, female artists you know I, I think there was just there's there's definitely an opportunity there um, mm-hmm. there's, they're not getting played on radio as much, but I think this is a decade that, that even though they weren't getting played, I think there was some sort of, um, th- there was an increased awareness that they weren't and, you know, they still have a lot of work to do, but I think when you look back at this decade, especially the latter half, the last couple of years, I think that's kind of be a, a turning point where it's, people are just more aware that females aren't being played on country radio for a number of reasons, some right, some wrong. Um, so that just was one of the main themes when I look back at the decade is that, you know, we look at the males, you know, we can come up with 20, 30 of them that just dominated, you know, you know, had multiple number ones. And then with females, it's just that, that core five group of Carrie, Miranda, Kelsey, Marin, and Casey with a little Taylor Swift in there too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you had Taylor in the first half of the decade and I would even argue, um, like Sarah Evans was still prevalent and, and, but maybe I'm just, I'm optimistic about what'll happen, but I just, because I don't listen to the radio, I don't see it. Or I guess I don't hear it. Like I go to, I go to Spotify and I, listen to who I want to listen to. And a lot of it is like up and coming. It's, it's Maddie and Tay. It's runaway June. It's, you know, Haley Witters. It's all these that I know of. Um, so I guess I know it's an issue, but I don't, I shouldn't say I don't care because I do, but I just listen to what I want to listen to. That's good. That's what you should do. Um, and also the biggest song of the decade the number one song of the decade was Miranda Lambert. So true. All right, we're doing good then. Um, okay. Fourth the girls one. Are fine. The girls will be okay. 
Totally. I think going into the next decade, it'll be, it'll be even better for him. Yeah. Um, the fourth one, aging like a fine wine. So I'm talking about 51-year-old Kenny Chesney, 52-year-old Keith Urban, 52-year-old Tim McGraw. These three consistently put out new albums, had songs in the top 20, in the top 10, had number one hits. They continued to tour. They continued to sell out stadiums. They're as relevant now. You could argue maybe Keith Urban is more relevant than he was the prior decade, but they are just as relevant as they were 10, 15 years ago. And candidly, Mm -hmm. I don't see that changing anytime real soon. I'm not saying that they're going to be as relevant for the full decade coming up. So you have those three, but then there's also the appreciation of Garth Brooks, you know, return and went on this huge cross country tour and he's winning entertainer of the year, whether you think that's right or not, but he's selling out stadiums. Reba right. is still hosting award shows. She's still as relevant. She's releasing songs here and there. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just it's it's awesome to see. Um, I think it just makes it that much more competitive because you look at mm-hmm. the the likes of let's say Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean, Eric Church, Blake Shelton. These guys in their forties, ten years mm-hmm. younger, they're still going to be working at it. You have the generation after them, so it's it's not like there's any artists that are really leaving to make room for others. So it's just, right. That's good for us. Cause this means more great music. That's what I love about music. It's not like sports where, you know, where, you know, Aaron Rodgers can see the 18th hole on the green and he's going to be retiring soon. Uh, stop you it. You know, yeah, his words, not mine, but like, like these guys can, Willie Nelson is, freaking 85 years old and still performing at the CMAs like I will not be mad if that's I mean Kate is already bald so like what do I care at this <laughs> point you know yeah so I don't know I think it's just a fact of like they're good at what they do they work hard they have good songs um and and they appreciate their fans they go on these big tours and they put on good shows and I think for the most part, you know, they're, they're scandal free and they kind of just do their own thing. They're not, I would say like, like the the older ones. Well, even, yeah, they're not like heavy into the social media. They just have their fans that they created before, like all this crazy social media and streaming and those fans just stuck with them because I don't know. They just make good music. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the thing with Kenny, Keith, and Tim is that they really haven't stopped, which I think has helped them tremendously. Because I, I do think if they if they would have taken three or four years off from really touring and putting out new music, I I think they would have lost that continuity of always working on new music, always you know in the studio on tour, and they. I think it would just be hard to get that back to that level. So, right. Um, and part of me thinks that they might, there might be part of them that is afraid that if they do, they will lose a little bit of that. So, um, I really, I don't, I don't think Kenny really gives a crap. No. <laughs> like Kenny's one of those where like he could stop putting out new music. Like he, he's like a guard in that regard. He could stop putting out new music and still tour for the next 20 years with all of his songs he has now. Totally agree. Like, I think him more so than the other two. I don't know why I think that, but just he just kind of he's not. I feel like as wrapped into that Nashville scene, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. He kind of does his own thing. All right, and my last one is '90s nostalgia. I think in the last two to three years, not you could go back maybe four or five years, but. You know, after that phase of, quote-unquote, bro country kind of going away, you know, modern pop country-sounding songs were, you know, being released and still are. However, I do think there is a bit of that. This this new generation of artists grew up on 90s music or early 2000s. That's the type of sound that influenced them. So they're making music that, yes, will appeal to modern country but it also 
it could be it could have been played in the 90s. So you're, you're looking at artists like Luke Combs and Morgan Wallen, you know, the projects like what Brooks and Dunn did, you know. So I think I think there's just a lot of 90s love overall from the current artists and I think that's I don't think that's going to go away for a couple more years yet. I mean, maybe in 10 years I mean, hell, in 10 years that's going to be like a <laughs> Oh, man. The 2010s. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so the bro country makes it research. <laughs> probably. I mean, it, it probably will. It it kind of you know goes in cycles, but yeah. I do think you know looking at this decade, especially the last half, there's kind of that respect and wanting to you know honor the the artists that they grew up with. Yeah, I mean, you got to give credit too to to Chris Stapleton. I mean, he really does have. There's a lot of a lot of artists out there who are like this authentic country, but for some reason, Stapleton was the one to kind of mm-hmm. maybe do yeah. it first or really break through. And his songs are good, and he's got that voice, and he's got the look, you know. And he's just kind of encompasses everything that people want out of traditional country. And I think that's what they wanted after all this bro country stuff went down. And then Luke Combs kind of made it cool for his generation yeah yeah and i i think there are a bunch of up-and-comers that aren't well known right now but through through streaming and those sort of things i think there's i think there's a passionate a passionate base you look at someone like a Mm -hmm. i think someone like a riley green for example you know i think he's in touch with that 90s sound to it and even like with ashley mcbride like her sound is more traditional Yes, yeah. Um, something that her songs could have been easily played in the 80s or 90s. So I'm hoping, you know, I, I feel like a lot of times with female artists, their songs are more truthful or, like, have more meaning to them, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. And I think that's kind of what, like, 90s country was about, too. It was a fun, playful side, but then they did have some good, substantial songs. So, yeah, those are my five themes of the decade. Is there anything... Is there a theme in your mind that I left off or hmm. putting you on the spot here? No, I, I do think just like we talked a little bit about like the voice and idol. I always think it's interesting how for the most part, it's always like a country artist who wins mm-hmm. a lot of the times, or at least they're the ones countries small enough. If that they do win or take sixth place, like Kelly Pickler, they still like have a career out of it. Yeah. But that's all I can really. Hmm. It's so weird. I mean, 2010, I was yeah. 15. And just like how your musical tastes differ or change. I mean, like, right, I was never a Casey Musgraves fan. Love her. I've gone to a couple of Kit Moore concerts this decade. Didn't really get into them till this year. Do you have any of those, like, uh, Never thought you'd like them, but here you are. Moments. Uh, I don't think so. No. Or anyone uh, that you don't like anymore, like you started off liking them, and then now you just kind of don't know if you like the way they're going. I think, and I want I want to be as as clear on this as possible. I like. I'm a Florida Georgia Lion fan. I like what they've made. I just don't know. I don't know what their. I don't know what the next decade looks for, looks like for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if their sound. For instance, the country music fan now and in the next decade, if you ask them, do you want to listen to Luke Combs or Florida Georgia Line, they're they're right. choosing Luke Combs. Where you know you go back to when Florida Georgia Line came on the scene, it's like hey. Would you rather listen to Blake Shelton or Florida Georgia Lion? It's like, hmm, well, I think I'm going to listen to Florida Georgia Lion. So right. it's because because of that, and I like them, I'm just I'm just curious and a bit concerned to see where, where they go from here. If they try to reinvent themselves, I don't know. I feel like they've already, like, they've changed with their music, you know? Like, yeah. when the decade started, they were, like, two single guys making these real country songs and now like they have a song called blessings and a song called simple and their families their kids are in it so i think i think they're gonna just grow and i think 
their life is going to provide the inspiration for their next song. But I think they're always going to have that that party edge to them. But mm-hmm. I, I still think they're going to put out quality music that's just maybe more mature or more to what their life is at the moment. Totally agree. Uh, so I feel that way with like Jason Aldean. Like I miss I miss the early 2010s of him. Like when he did Dirt Road Anthem. Yeah. And like his songs, he was more like on the cusp and new. And now I feel like everything he does is like same old. Same. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, which makes a natural transition to my next list, which is the so. <laughs> I try to rank the top 20 artists that owned the decade and you can, you can own the decade can mean whatever you want for you. And putting this list together was, was honestly very difficult to do. (laughs) And honestly, I'm probably changing this on the fly as I look at some of these. So I attempted to put them in some sort of order, but I, I I'll put it this way. I think the top, the top five or 10, I'm pretty solid on, but it's, it's the back half. So 20 through 15, I have Kelsey Ballerini, Cole Swindell, Kenny Chesney, Chris Young, and Luke Combs. So those are the five that are 16 through 20. And then I round out the, uh, um, the bottom half of it with, Sam Hunt, Chris Stapleton, Zach Brown Band, Little Big Town, and Lady Antebellum. So those are my 11 through 20. We get into the top 10. At 10, I have Dirk Bentley, 9, Keith Urban, 8, Thomas Rhett, 7, Florida Georgia Line, 6, Eric Church. And then I think moving into the top five, I'm I'm really confident in my top four, five through nine, totally subjective. I have Blake Sheldon at five, Miranda at four, Carrie at three, Jason Aldean at two, and then Luke Bryan at one. So I know I just ran through a shit ton of names, but where where would you say, Aaron, I can't believe you're my brother. What's wrong with you? Um, so I think you're selling Kenny short. Interesting. You're probably right. No, I am right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, you just like put his name in with like the others and I just cringed a little bit, but that's okay. Um, I would put Marin in there. I don't know who you take out, but I think Marin Morris I think we forget how powerful like our church was coming on the scene. That's true. And she's since won like album of the year and all this. So, anyways, so would you I put a, would you put her ahead of Kelsey? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't like to do it because I do like Kelsey and and all that. But I think when they both both kind of like came on the scene, Marin was considered a little bit more like country, where Kelsey was like. Taylor's Love 2.0, like, country pop, which, True. like, there's nothing wrong with that, but um, I would put Sam Hunt at least in the top ten because I think we forget how he really, like, changed the genre. And after him, there was so many other people trying to mimic him. Would you put uh, Would you put him ahead of someone like uh, a Thomas Rhett or a Dirks Bentley? Front of Dirks. Uh, I guess it depends, like, what kind of a list if you're looking at like the most successful in terms of like number one hits biggest tours um name recognition i just think of course like Dirk's already had a career built before the decade started but sam kind of just took the world by storm i mean he performed at the grammys and True. Dirks has never done that. Anyway, he won. Didn't he win a Grammy for like new artist, or am I just hallucinating? You uh, might be, or he might have won for um, his debut album, or it was nominated, I think, something like that. Maybe, yeah. So, I guess, yeah. If you're looking at like the top twenty artists who 
you think of when you think of the decade, yeah, you would put Dirks on there. Hmm. Luke's good number one, although Jason Aldean did win ACM Artist of the Decade. Yeah, I think it was tough. I think he could go either way. Yeah. And where did you have FGL? I had FGL at seven. Um, They'd probably be in my top five. Well. Yeah. It's, you know, someone like... Like Blake, I feel like Blake Sheldon is kind of an, an overlooked artist. He he continues to puts out he puts songs out the entire decade. He was on The Voice, yeah. You know, he was kind of that country ambassador in a sense. So right, um, I'd probably yeah. Do you uh, <laughs> see? This is hard. Yeah, I know, but I and I'm trying to be impartial because you're gonna probably like fall off your chair when I say this. But wouldn't you put Miranda before Carrie? Like higher than Carrie. Probably, yeah. You probably have a point there. Um, yeah, and I know it's different. Like their personal lives and everything, and and Carrie. You know, Miranda was cranking out albums back to back to back. It felt like, but you got a point. Yeah. you convinced me. You convinced me. Okay. they should definitely okay. be switched. Hundred yeah. percent should be switched. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's hard. It is hard. But. Yeah. Um, my next list, which we can go through a little quicker here. Um, I called this the... I couldn't come up with a name for it, so I just called it the 15 biggest newcomers that we didn't know in the previous decade. Very okay. very long sentence. I couldn't put like a three-word <laughs> three category on it. So, again, it was it's it's hard, but I think towards the towards the top, it's like yeah. Um, so again, artists we didn't know about prior to 2010. I have Chris Jansen, Brothers Osborne, Old Dominion, John Party, Marin Morris at 11 through 15. Then I have Brett Young, Casey Musgraves, Dan and Shay, Kelsey Ballerini, and Chris Stapleton. Leaving the the top five, I have at five, Cole Swindell, four, Luke Combs, three, Sam Hunt, two, Thomas Rhett, and number one, Florida Georgia Line. So tell me where I went wrong. Based on the previous category, it sounds like you would put Marin ahead of Kelsey, and I can definitely Yeah, see- I know you have a bias for Kelsey, so I wasn't <laughs> surprised because I would put Casey... Marin Kelsey, but um, hmm. You know, maybe you know, taking a, a second look at this, you know, Cole Swindell made my top five, but I, I, I did feel like he was a, a huge newcomer. He wrote a ton of songs. Yeah. He had, I mean, he had a string of what six, Where seven, eight number Hunt? ones. On your list? Sam Hunt, I, I had at three. So okay. I go Florida Georgia Line at one, Thomas Rhett two, yeah. Sam Hunt three, huh. Luke Combs four. Yeah. Hmm. Is Dan Shea six? Dan and Shea is eight. Yeah. Okay. I had, Sta- I I had, had, six. I had Stapleton at six. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's a pretty spot on list. I'm just trying to think of others. It's hard because there's some that came out like in the last like two or three years. It's hard to say. And they haven't all had the giant success that Luke Holmes has. So it's hard to say the impact they've really had on the decade. So right. that's a good list. All right. Well, that I have two more lists for you, but the next two lists are future oriented, looking to the next decade. So now I want to guess who you're, I'm trying to guess it's your favorite artist of the decade. Is that what I have to guess? Yeah. Like the decade would not be complete without this artist. So at least my decade in music would not be complete. Okay. I'm going to ask one clarifying question and then can I get three guesses? Yeah, but you're going to get it like on the first try. Okay. You better get it on the first try. No pressure. Oh, Ask your man. question. 
So, is this Sam Hunt? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I I had a feeling I, I didn't know if like the recent momentum of listening to Kit Moore, you know, oh. poke through, but yeah. No, Kit Moore is like my artist of the year. So so why why Sam Hunt of the decade? Is it does it, does it bring back memories of you know you were listening to him at you know in school and Maybe friends it was like and all that? Maybe like my life I was listening to it, but. His and I, I'll like die on this. His album, Monte, was it? Shoot, I don't even know the name of it. Montebello. Yeah. I could listen to that album, top to bottom. If that's the only thing I listen to the rest of my life, that's fine. I love that album so much. So if someone says we're locking you in a cage, but you get to pick one album to listen to on repeat for the rest of your life. That's it. I would also like. Maybe some of his, like, previous stuff, like, his acoustics. That's why I love, like, on Spotify, he has the stuff where it was just, like, his guitar when he was starting off. Mm-hmm. Like, I Met a Girl or Bottle It Up, like, that kind of stuff. Or eh, Raised on It, right? Hey. Like that stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I just I just love everything. And there's some people who are like, I don't like when he talks in the song. And I'm like, it's so different. It doesn't come off, like, cheesy. Like, he can he can pull it off. Totally. So I'm just like, he also said there's supposed to be another song released around Thanksgiving this year, and that has not happened. So I'm a little angry at him at the moment. But, yes, he is my uh, the best thing that came out of the decade in country music. Oh, okay. Well, he was supposed to release it, but it it was scheduled for release on a Friday, and then it was earlier in the week he got the DUI, so they, they held off. Oh, <laughs> I still love him. Okay. Was he your was he your like Spotify artist of the decade when you got the rewind or whatever? No. no. I um I really listened to him before Spotify, like C D. That's a good yeah. That's a good point. He was so. I mean the bulk of his yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Well hey. So. Point for me. Point for you. Who else did you think? Honestly, it was it was Sam Hunt. Potentially Florida Georgia line, but I, I wasn't sold that that would be one. Maybe Kip. Um, I did think potentially Thomas Fret could get some oh, could get some love. In. No, it would have been Dan and Shay. It's my second one. Dan and Shay were in the list. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Do you have an artist of the decade? Mine. Mine is probably Thomas Fret. Uh, yeah. He, he was on my Spotify. Um, love him. Love everything he's about love his music it's just yeah he just is and people have a problem with it you know what go pound sand wow uh, yeah no i i think he's i th- you know his his sound has definitely evolved from his first album and stuff mm-hmm. but at the same time i think he's i think he's very unapologetic in that and right. he owns it and it comes across as authentic so I think yeah. I respect him more for it, and I think people respect him more for it too. So, right. Well, hey, that was cool. My last two lists. The first one will be a little fun, and the second one we're gonna get a little wild. So, this first one oh, is good lord. The next decade predictions. So, earlier I did a top twenty of you know who owned the decade. So. I did a top 10 artists who I think will own the next decade. And then I also have five, five wild cards that I, you can make it the case that I created a top 15 list. I just didn't want to call it that. So, okay. I'll give you the top 10 and then I'll give you my, my wild cards, like my alternatives. So in the next decade, I think the number one artist, it's definitely lining up for him to own it. Is Luke Combs? I think. Okay. I think he's in prime position to truly own the 2020s um, and just continue the momentum. I also think Eric Church is as well. I think. I think he's in prime position to not necessarily leapfrog a Luke Bryan or a Jason Aldean, but he's he's getting more opportunities to perform on award shows. It seems like he's getting more nominations. He's not being looked at 
as this sort of outsider. And I really do think the next decade is, mm-hmm. is going to set up well for him. Um, That's a big thing to say. I feel like he had a good decade already, but good. yeah, I like it. I, totally, I, hope it true. I, I would, I would kind of compare it to, you know, this, this last decade, Keith Urban just was solid as a rock. Um, especially the, the last five years, he was winning a ton of awards and finally getting that recognition. And I, I really do think that could be the Eric Church story of the next yeah. decade. Um, the next three, I have Thomas Rutt. He's just going to continue on being who he is. Kelsey Ballerini, star, future superstar. Five, this is, this is a bit of a wild card, but um, I'm making a bold prediction here. I think Kane Brown is really going to be an artist to reckon with in the next decade. Um, the last couple of years, he's introduced himself. He's built up his fan base, following. Mm-hmm. He's selling out stadiums. Six through ten, this is a group of artists that were mainstays in this decade, the biggest ones. I just don't see this group going away anytime soon. They might not be as 100% relevant as they were this decade, but I, th- I think it's going to be hard to get rid of them in a sense. I have Carrie, Luke, Marin Morris I have at eight, and I definitely think Marin Morris could end up being higher on this list. I really do. Mm-hmm. And then I have Jason Aldean and Miranda Lambert. It was just, as I'm coming up with this list, it was just hard to, it was just hard to imagine creating a list without Luke, Carrie, Jason, and Miranda on it. Um, yeah. So. That's, and it's hard to say, like, which, I mean, we didn't know Luke Combs' name, like, that's three thing. and a half years ago. Yeah. So, like, who's going to who's gonna come out and just, like, leapfrog all of them? Or what's going to happen when, I mean, Marin's pregnant. What if, like, Kelsey wants to start a family? Does she take time off from from touring or recording same thing like with TR now he'll have like three kids and it's just what does their personal lives take effect to their career successes totally totally Um, agree and those are those are the exact same thoughts I was having it's like you know are they gonna take a year or two off to refocus and you know kind of take a deep breath and come back re-energizing that I it's it's just so hard. And then, like you said, Luke Combs, we didn't know who he was two, three years ago. Right. And so I have five other names, and I I, I try to think of some out-of-the-box, some new artists that people aren't aren't aware of, but it's just so hard to pinpoint that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other five I have, Dan and Shay, I think they could continue on the role that they're on. Um Lauren Elena is one female that I'm really going to bet on. I'm buying a lot of her stock. I think she has the best singing voice amongst females in country music. Um, And I really think she's like we talked about earlier. She's, she's found herself. She's on a new label, Mm -hmm. all of that. You know, I, I think it's setting up nicely for her. Riley green and Morgan Wallen, two other names that I think could, you know, be that version of, a Luke, a Jason, a Thomas Rhett um, in the next decade. And then I had to throw a, a group in there, so I threw Runaway June. So I think they're they're in prime position too, especially with wanting people wanting to hear more women on radio. I think Runaway June bursting onto the scene, you know, this last year, if they can continue that momentum and in a sense become Dixie Chicks 2.0, Shadaisy, right. you know, or kind of fill a void that Rascal Flats is, you know, maybe putting up. I was just going to ask you, what do you think like happens to like Gary and Jay and Joe Don in the twenty twenties? Ah, boy, I, I that's hard. That's very hard to say. I think they might they might go away for a few years and then they might come back with a I don't want to call it a reunion tour, but a hey, we're back. We took the first five years off from touring and now we're back. We might not be making yeah. new music, but, um, and I know, I think, I think Gary's, doesn't Gary have a daughter that's in the music industry or she wants to. So, um, Oh really? Yeah. 
but I think there's definitely going to be a, a some new groups coming through. I think because they're yeah, your little big town, your Lady A. You have Old Dominion, you know, Midland and that. But I I I think there's I think there's some more on the way. All so. right. Any any thoughts, good or bad or otherwise? Any other artists that you think? Yeah, I think. Right, it's it's easy to see the next like year or two going to be consistent, but you never know when someone could just what song is going to define the twenty twenties. You know, just a breakthrough song like "Cruise" was, or "Springsteen," or "Country Girl." Um, what what song is going to? I don't know. It'll be it'll be fun. Yeah. I always like the music, but I don't. It's hard to. Um, and you can easily say, oh, that's definitely 90s. Definitely a 90s song. It's harder to do, like, now, I feel. Like, you can't yes. hear something like, oh, that's definitely the, the 2010s. Is it? How do you know? What makes it so? Yeah. Um, so I maybe, maybe that'll change, too. Maybe it'll be more defining, but I doubt it. It's going to be harder. Things are so blurred. And then we've reached the point... And I said earlier, it'll get a little weird and it won't even get that weird, but I have seven key kind of themes or events or predictions on how I see country music being the next decade. So we've talked about streaming. I think there's going to be some sort of streaming based award show. I don't know to what capacity that is, if it's televised. I would think it's not because it's kind of that digital. Maybe it's a it's shown on you know a, a Netflix or a YouTube TV. I I don't know. I do think that streaming is only going to grow, and I think streaming is going to give these younger, not established artists better visibility. And I think I think if these companies are smart, they you know what's what's to stop Spotify from saying. We're going to have the 2020 Spotify Music Awards where you're recognizing artists that even if they didn't have a ton of play on radio, they're racking up the streams, um, the monthly you know, listeners, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So, again, to what capacity? I don't know. Maybe it'll just be an award category. Um, I, it's a little tricky. That's to- hard because it's just like it's a big popularity contest then. If right. That's how they do it by extremes. Like, yeah. Do you just do you just award it based on the the raw numbers? And if you don't, right, and, yeah, I'm sure they can track like from June 1st of 2019 to like May 31st of 2020. They can like track down the streams and stuff. But it's still going to be all the people we just mentioned. It's still going to be like your Luke's and Jasons winning those. Right. So, yeah. How do you and how do you get to that point where you're able to recognize some of these artists that are big on streaming, but they're not big to be on radio? So, I, I think there's there's something there. I'm just not smart enough to figure out exactly what that is. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that's one of them. Um, a real quick one. I don't think artists are going to slow down at all. You know, we talked about with Tim, Keith, and Kenny. I think the same is going to go for Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, and Eric Church. Yeah. I, I don't see any slowing down for those guys. Um, you know, they they have families, they have young kids becoming, you know, teenagers, going to college, and that really hasn't stopped some of them. So right. um, I don't see, the, you know, that slowing down. And I just think there's going to be fewer and fewer people at least the, the mainstays fading away or taking time off. So the, yeah, I always just think like at award shows, like who's going to be sitting in the front row. Like there's yeah. so many that deserve to be sitting in the front row, but yeah. I, I mean, is there going to be like, does Tim McGraw come to the award show? If he's not sitting in front row, I don't know. Right. Yeah. The disrespect. Holy cow. Yeah, I mean, is is he sitting behind? Is are we looking at twenty twenty five and he's sitting behind Morgan Wallen? I don't know. Maybe. 
That's crazy thoughts. Crazy. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to think about that. I, <laughs> okay, go on. So. Another quick one. Let's gloss over it here. I think country music is only going to grow in popularity. There's massive crossover appeal. Country artists are working with pop artists, both production-wise, singing and songwriting. They're working with hip-hop, rap. They're working with um, gospel, rock. There's there's just massive collaboration, and I think that's only going to continue to grow, which is only going to grow the fan base of these artists and country music in general. So... That's a quick one. Um, another one is we mentioned earlier. I think the '90s nostalgia is here to stay. Um, I think there's going to be we talked about collaborations. I think there's going to be there's going to be kind of a, a rebirth or rejuvenation of some of these '90s artists and 2000s artists of collaborating with these current artists because these artists look up to them. So that's something to keep in mind. But the three big ones I want to end with. I think the way the way I looked at it, I compared it to pro sports where athletes are more than just athletes now. They have fashion companies. They have these media or content companies. They're buying like restaurants. They're, they're doing all of this. And yeah, there are artists that it seems like every year a new artist is building a, a bar on Broadway in Nashville. But I do think a lot of these this next generation are going to look at it and say, I'm making my career in music, but what else am I interested in? Is it, maybe it's, maybe it's politics. Maybe it's nonprofit. Maybe it's fashion. Maybe it's film. Maybe, you know, I really do think these artists are going to become more of their own brand. I'm calling it like the Kardashian effect. Um, I don't think it's going to be like all that negative, but there might be some, you know, negative side effects to it. But, um, I think I think I think some of them are going to look to for a way to get into media and to to do their own storytelling, not necessarily to control the, their own narrative, but um, I just think that they have the money, the connections, the resources to to do that. You know, someone like LeBron James and Kevin Durant, they have their own media companies that they create content for. And I could see something similar in country music, but maybe that's a bit out there. I, I can see it, but I can't at the same time. I don't know. It depends on, on who a lot of times they, I don't know. They just want to do the music. They don't do it for, for the fame of it. Um, but I mean, then you have, I mean, yeah, Jason Aldean does like his bar and, part of like the buck commander thing. So I don't know. And with social media, they're already trying to like sell us stuff True. You know, on ads. But, and then Carrie has her, her clothing line. So I guess as long as it feels authentic and not just like them trying to push products or stuff on us, it's fine. But I kind of just wish they would focus on what they're good at. <laughs> Fair. Totally. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Um, my second last one, country radio is going to have to evolve. I'm not saying, I'm definitely not saying country radio is going to die because it's the, I believe it's still the number one most listened to format. I just think that they, they're going to have to look at themselves as more than just radio. I think they're going to have to, to do podcasts. They're going to have to create many video series. Um, they're gonna have to get. They're gonna have to get creative with, with being a media entity that isn't just limited to talking over the airwaves for a two-hour show in the morning or the two-hour drive home. And I mean, you're you're seeing this with you know the radio personalities more so than the mm-hmm. actual than the actual station that um, they're putting out social media videos that um, are really engaging and that that sort of thing. So. I don't think country music or country radio is, is, you know, dying. I think it's just in a state of evolving. Yeah. I can see, though, another 50 years. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I know there's only so much they can do, too. I mean, it's not like they can go to Apple Music or go to Spotify and be like, oh, these are 
these are the top stream songs here. We got to play these. They, they can't control that because sometimes those songs aren't even allowed to be released to radio. So, right. I don't know. It should be interesting. Food for thought. My last one. I listen to the radio, so I don't really care. Yeah. You're, but okay. I'll pose this though. If, if you knew that your radio station also had like a partnership with a, a TV station where they, they do a, a weekly series or a, a, you know, to what capacity? I don't know. You know, are they doing, you know, long length sit down interviews like Barbara Walters? Probably not, but you know, what's, what's to say some of these radio companies and maybe, you know, your larger ones like iHeart can't turn into something like what Barstool is doing, just way, way yeah. more, way more appropriate. Um, and you know, less less you know challenging. That'd be awesome if there's a bar stool for country music. It'd be so awesome. Yeah, I love that idea. Let's figure it out. Okay, let's make raised on it the bar stool of country music. Uh, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I just also do the radio because there's commercials and they play the same songs over and over again. So sure. that's my reasoning. Totally makes sense. And my last one bit out there and I I had to make one something about live events and one theory I have is that I think there's going to be this weird concept it sounds really weird and foreign now but I think virtual reality concerts will become a thing and that's not to say that concerts are going to go away because I don't see that at all but what is to stop an artist from offering the ability, if it's sold out, you pay X amount of dollars. Maybe it's even more than the actual ticket to get in. I don't know. But I think with virtual reality, I think you're seeing some cool stuff in sports now where you can basically, you know, watch a game and it feels like you're sitting courtside, you know, at an NBA game or, you know, behind the plate at a baseball game. And I think there there is some potential with that. Again, I have no idea what that looks like or what that could be, but I do think there's there's that potential that that will that they'll be able to bring these concerts to you at home in that sort of sense. Crazy. I didn't know this was a thing for sports. How do I get this? How do I feel like I'm at every football game? How does this work? Oh, I'll have to. I don't know a ton. Of, I don't know a ton about it, but I, I've I've seen I've seen enough that you can. There's definitely you throw on some goggles and you're chilling next to next to LeBron. There's there's certain huh. there's certain cameras that um that they're they're starting to roll out at these sporting events that make truly make it seem like you're you're there. Um, Intriguing. Huh. So I, I think it, I think it's a neat idea in theory. You know, throw on some headphones and, and goggles, and it, and it seems like you're actually at the show. If, right. You know, are you front row, nosebleeds? I don't know. Um, or backstage? I really don't know, but i I think there I think there could be something there with just providing that live experience to even more people. Uh, right. It. I think it's. I think it'd be tricky to figure out how they'd continue to make money and. I mean, you're not going to have these artists perform by themselves in a huge stadium with no right. audience and everyone's just tuning in remotely. Um, right. So, Well, now it's more like, like what uh, Elton John does at his shows where you can, from an app on your phone, control if the drums are too loud or you can't hear the guitars. You can, like, turn up individual instruments and microphones really through an app on your phone and like you have certain earphones in yeah huh see sir elton john is uh he's pretty hip on that yeah yep so i think i think just evolving the the live concert the live show experience that that'd uh, be interesting yeah so that's all i have as far as my wild predictions i don't know if you had anything um i could have gone wilder but in fear that someone actually is listening to this in like 10, 15 years and it just goes massively wrong. <laughs> Time capsule. Yeah. No, I don't have predictions. I have goals. Like 
who I want to see perform live in the next decade. Let's hear it. Well, I want to see Sam Hunt in an actual concert, not just like an outdoor festival. And I do want to go to a Casey Musgrave show because because I actually like her music now and I just want to know what that would be like. And then uh, a Carrie Underwood. I've only seen her at like a music festival and Mm. I want to see her with the lights and the the costume changes and I feel like it's very theatrical. So I want to do that and probably just see Eric Church another couple. (laughs) Every year? Times, yeah. (laughs) As much as I can. So I'm, I'm guessing all those, all of those shows you'd want to be front row are have really good seats. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, see now that I'm going to be front row for some shows next year, I feel like I can't go back to that. <laughs> yeah. That's the but I part. know I can't afford to not go back to that. So we'll see. I don't know. It depends. Sam Hunt. Yes. Give me front row. All right. Well, we'll make it happen. Okay. And by we, I don't mean me. <laughs> uh, Gosh, what if I like don't see him till the end of the next decade when I'm like 35 and he's in his 40s? That's a really weird thought. So I should make this happen quickly. I don't know. People are still rocking out to Luke Bryan's 40. Eric, I mean, you're rocking out to Eric Church. He's in his 40s. Yeah. Or is it more about you being older? <laughs> yeah, that too. I just like, who do you think's going to age the worst? <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, I am, st- I am staying away from talking about the females, which ones <laughs> I think will age. Cause I, I mean, I, I really don't see, I don't see Carrie or Miranda aging bad. I don't, oh gosh, no. I don't see no, them. They're... I don't see them aging at all. Um, oh, aging the worst. <laughs> like who's going to lose their hair or go gray or, you know, um, just, yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. Like, I feel like Blake Charles has just gotten handsomer over time. Uh, once he cut that mullet and I liked like the salt and pepper kind of look in his hair. I'm curious to see what Jason Aldean looks like in 10 years. He looks better. He's like lost weight. I feel. Yeah. I, I feel like he's, I feel like he's always looked the same. Right. Other than, yeah, maybe losing some weight. So that's what, like, is he, that's what I'm saying. Like, is he always going to look like he is now? I mean, obviously not, but <laughs> I, I just don't know. Like, uh, yeah. Even like Brad Paisley looks exactly the same. Like, huh. is there something in the water in Nashville? Have you noticed? Uh, well, when I come home for Christmas, if you think I look six months younger, then sure. <laughs> But I don't know. Maybe it's just you make enough money, you're able to do enough Botox, and you have the best of the best to keep you looking young. I don't know. Maybe it's a sudden thing. But anyways, yeah. We should. We'll just see what 2029 looks like. Oh, that's, oh, God. I'm almost 40. Well, Yes. Terrible thought. Why are we doing this? Let's not. Let's wrap it up. This was fun. Overall, the 2010s, I think they were a really interesting decade of country music. I think towards the latter half here, I think we're really, I think it it found its groove in the last five years. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see where it goes from here. I am too. That's all we need to say. That's all I have to say. That's all we need to say, folks. The 2010s were great. We had fun talking about this. Uh, the 2020s. The 2020s. Yeah. I think we got some cool stuff. Going to debut two new podcast formats in a 2020. Um, that I think will be kind of fun. We'll see how that plays out. Early in the year, we're going to have to make our predictions for the year, um, You know, which new artists and that sort of thing. But for now, just enjoy the last 10 years of country music. It's great. Never been better. Maybe the nineties, but I'd say this, <laughs> this this time period is pretty good. So, thanks for listening. Leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a five star review. Be sure to follow us on all our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. Um, also, we are Emily and I are counting down our thirty one favorite songs of the year, 
And if you've listened to us before, you know we don't tend to play off of what was only on radio. So um, if you've been following along, or if you take a look, you'll notice there might be some some odd ones. But um, it's been pretty fun um, coming up with that and sharing that. So take a look at that. Otherwise, 2020 is right Three around the corner. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Man, this is depressing. We need to Sorry. We need to pick me up. Um, yeah. God bless country music. I got nothing. It's we've been recording. Yeah, we've been fine. recording for like two hours now. So I need to eat and sleep, and new, new music comes out too. So oh boy, if you're still listening to us, thanks for listening. <laughs> Keep following us, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you in 2020.